It's all about inflation, inflation, inflation. That's what Christine Lagarde said about their discussions at the ECB meeting. And they are not doing anything to address it. And what about the RBA? Not doing anything about their April 2024 target for yield control? So far, anyway, there's been a swift reaction to that yesterday. We'll look at the repercussions. And yes, inflation is rising. Spain has the highest in decades. Germany, too. And we've got more inflation numbers to come today. And Facebook is changing its name to Meta with an infinity sign for its logo. One out of ten for originality, I think. It's Friday, the 29th of October, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Still lots of bond movement today. Ten-year treasuries in the U.S. are up three basis points. Ten years are up four or five basis points in Canada, France, Germany, and much of Europe. Ten-year bonds now at minus 0.14%. Italian ten years are up 11 basis points. And in uh, Australia, uh, yields now over 1.94%. But look at those three-year bonds up uh, to 1.11%. That is 19 basis points higher. Uh, It peaked at almost 1.19%. And we've got a half percent fall for the U.S dollar on the DXY is down 0.3% on the Japanese yen. The euro has climbed 0.7% after the ECB meeting. The Aussie dollar up 0.3% to 75.4 US cents. The pound is up a similar amount. And equities are on the rise. The Nasdaq is up over 1.2%, 0.8% for the S&P 500, 0.4% for the Dow, 0.3% for the Eurostoxx 50, uh, but the DAX and the uh, FTSE are down slightly. One stock doing well this morning. Facebook is over 3% up, or should we say Meta? That's the new company name. Uh, You know, if you're running into trouble, change your name. Uh, Meta is helping to build the metaverse, they tweeted this morning. And oil uh, down again, a 0.6% fall in Brent. WTI is down 0.2%. David DeGaris is here today. It is all about inflation, isn't it? But it's also uh, strong earnings. Uh, Two different stories, really. It's the strong earnings that's keeping the stock market riding high. Uh, Just about everyone, it seems, is beating expectations. We've had Samsung, Ford, Tesla all doing well. What's interesting is, though, that many companies are also boosting their profit margins. So, I mean, input prices are rising, but they're not feeling the squeeze. So, obviously, they are passing on their costs. So, that brings us back to inflation, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, and uh, the, the, as you say there, Phil, the market's pretty balled up at the moment. Um, <clears throat> so, we've got Amazon and, and Apple reporting after the US market closes. And just looking at the prices there, they're up, what, two and a half plus percent plus and uh, you've also had caterpillar reporting today uh that's often regarded as a bellwether of you know global growth and so forth and um that stocks as i look at the screen now is up 3.6 percent so um yeah it's a sea of green after a pretty choppy session in uh, in europe phil um really the equity markets there struggled but i guess that was when we saw a lot of that Front end rate volatility that you were uh, you were referring to at the, your introduction there. Yeah, and well, and some of that's coming from the ECB and what Christine Lagarde was saying today. But before we get on to that, uh, let's look yeah. at the, the other surprise, which was all the bond action we've seen in Australia because the uh, the RBA. Yeah didn't buy those April 2024 bonds, even though they were up to uh, 0.23%, which obviously is well above their target of 0.1%. So um, some are seeing this as a sign that, you know, they're, they're just losing interest in uh, their, their own yield control, uh, curve control well, policy. Well, in fact, uh, the, that y- the yield on that particular bond went higher than that. For, yeah. It, um, 
it more than doubled again. So yeah, so, yeah that's right. I mean, it went, that was that was the, at that point, then it went on to over half a percent, didn't it? Up to zero point five four percent. So yeah, yeah. So have they have they given up on yield control, or are they going to do something today? Look, they've got the board meeting next week. I don't think they're going to ditch the yield control, but I but I think there will have to be some sort of language adjustment in the in the statement next Tuesday, particularly around the inflation outlook. If nothing else, Phil, given the uh, the, the Q3 CPI, uh, you know, which is back in the uh, in the two to three percent range on trim mean basis, so there's going to have to be some adjustment there. And the market's just thinking aloud: How does the uh, April 24 bond defence at ten basis points work when the um, the overnight index swap market is you know is priced in? What was the number I, I wrote it down earlier today? Um, 125 to 150 basis points in the next 12 months. So, mm. Um, mm. you know, if the current cash rate's 10, we've got, uh, you know, up to 101.5 or 1.6 within 12 months, then 10 in 2024. You know, something's got to give in all of that. So it's either got to convince the market that rates are not going up and why, or is inflation going to come back or what's going to happen? Yeah, well, it's a case of where right, you're wrong, isn't it, really? And it's not the only central bank that's saying that because the ECB, it's a pretty similar story. I mean, Christine Lagarde said uh, the the latest ECB meeting overnight was really a discussion mm. on inflation, 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 she said. But after yes. a lot of soul searching, they believe, you know, as we've heard before, it's going to fade next year. But of course, markets are still pricing in a small increase in, uh, in rates next year. So is the ECB doing the right thing here? I mean, it could backfire badly, couldn't it, if, if inflation well, does get out of control? Well, that's that's the thing. This is going to take time to sort out. I, I would say in her defence, we did hear earlier today from the uh, CEO of v, VW saying that he thought that semi, you know, the chip issues might sort themselves out by the fourth quarter of this year. Now, he knows how sensitive the market is to those sorts of expectations. So it's not as if he would be making flippant comments about that. I wouldn't think being a German, of course, as well, but she was very determined in what she said about inflation. She said, you know, we've, we've cut it apart. We've put it back together. All of our analysis, we're, we're sure of what we've done. We've done a survey of, uh, of businesses about supply chain and when they expect them to be resolved, not going to be in the first quarter, might take all of next year, but still there are the strong view that it will unwind uh, over the course of, of next year. Now, do we know that? Do we believe that? We Time will tell, but yeah. um it's 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 quite a big statement. So um, look, there isn't much priced into the ECB curve for the next twelve months. Only about ten basis points, which is practically nothing in this this market right now, Phil. So I think the market's you know is interested in um, you know how the inflation dynamics will play out in um, in in Europe. And we saw today with the German uh, inflation numbers. So that was up to four point six. Now, okay, this is this is the headline number, but <clears throat> when when will it will it, it will come back in the new year when the when the German VAT drops out the effect of um, that increase uh, from the first of January this year will drop out of the annual calculation. But everyone knows that. But will it drop back to? Well, within the band, you know, by the end of next year or in two thousand twenty three. So. Very, very big questions they're dealing with. And we've seen 
pretty convincing evidence elsewhere in the world, haven't we, that it's uh, it's been quite pervasive. Is yeah. it going to be unwound quickly? Well, uh, good question. Well, and, and, you know, what has worried people, obviously, are the inflation numbers that we did see. We get the uh, inflation numbers for... for uh, for for all of Europe tomorrow, but we got uh, what Spain uh, from four percent year on year in September to, uh, up mm. to five point five percent in October five point five percent. That's the highest in yes. uh, thirty seven years. It's risen in Germany too from four point one percent to four point five percent, which I think was expected. It, you know, but it's still the highest that's been in in twenty eight years. So. Not surprising that everyone's getting a little bit nervous, and yet here we are. The ECB is saying, "Well, we're going to keep the uh, the pet program going; that we might slow it down a little bit." Uh, so you know, even um, you know, they're still buying up, uh, still buying up bonds. Yes, and uh, they're going to. But she was pretty clear in saying that the pep would finish at the end of March, but we don't know what's going to happen to the other asset purchase program. Yeah, Phil. and she said, "Well, they hadn't discussed that yet. That'll be and- discussed in in December." So. How does the you know the, the stimulus all work together? And of course, we've got the recovery fund working behind the scenes. So maybe we'll see a little bit of the early effects of that when we we see the um, the first cut of the European GDP numbers um, uh, tonight. You know, so we're going to see France, Germany, um, Austria, Spain, I think Italy, and and the eurozone. So the market's looking for something like just a bit over 2%. So this is sort of like the, the rebound, I guess, after the uh, sort of partial lockdowns they'd had earlier in the year. Won't so, we, uh, we see a lot more volatility, though? If we've got if some central banks which are saying, well, okay, we're not going to taper that fast or taper at all, and we've got others mm. that are saying, no, we're, go- we're going to stop it so they're not buying up bonds, then, it, I mean, that's going to, I mean, surely that's going to, uh, for example, if the Fed is tapering or gets rid of bond buying but Europe doesn't, surely that's going to push up yields in the US and everyone's going to draw away from Eurozone bonds, aren't they? We're, I mean, whichever way it works, we're going to see a lot of movement. The, the, there, there is a little bit of that. But I think the market, um, there is something to the argument, what matters is the totality of their QE purchases, not just one particular month. So mm. there is the $1.85 trillion for the ECB, uh, and we know that the, the Fed is going to end uh, their, their purchases come the middle of next year, and you know, we expect the Fed to announce that next week. So... That is the current expectation. Now, would they change that? Would they would they end a month or two early? To be quite honest with you, I don't know that that matters a whole lot other than the read-through and whether that has any sort of immediate implications for rates if you think, if you're of the view that rates follow a certain amount of time after QE ends. I think there's different reaction functions there at work, but nevertheless, markets can sometimes trade that way. And it's a big test, isn't it, for the ECB? We'll get off the ECB, but just as an observation, if they get this wrong and some countries suffer more than others, and, you know, we've already seen the, the, the high inflation that's seeing in, in southern Europe, you know, there's going to be more questions about staying in the Eurozone, isn't there, you know, if they stuff it up? Because uh, the people are putting their hand, you know, putting their, their, their future in the hands of, uh, of, a, of a central authority. Uh, it was inter- interesting. One particular question um, asked at the press conference, Phil, was asked by a German TV journalist, on behalf of his viewers saying, when is policy going to re- re- you know, return to normal? Now, we, we all know what that means. That means getting rid of negative interest rates and QE and all that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, she said, well, I'm not quite sure. No, do we know exactly what normal means? And she deflected from it. So it's that 
mm. sort of uncomfortable aspect. And, um, you know, with, with Vitamin's departure, then um, yeah. sort of questions being asked about how all that fits together. Yeah, it just adds to the fun of games, doesn't it? That way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, look, US GDP wasn't great, but nobody said it was going to be, did they? I mean, Q3 up 2% on Q2, uh, not the lightning speed recovery that we were expecting, of course, earlier in the year. But, you know, I, I just wonder, how did we miss early on in the year? How did we miss the idea of supply chain problems? You know, when, <laughs> you know, when you try and open everything up uh, that's practically yeah. closed down, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you'd say, of course, there's going to be all of these problems. In, and yet we missed it. So somehow. Uh, but I mean, that clearly explains the, the, the slowdown in the US and we probably shouldn't get too excited about it, should we? I, I think that's right. I, I think the market was just interested, would we get anything close to zero as the uh, GDP mm. now suggested? And we didn't. So there was that slowdown. And of course, that those earlier figures were boosted by the what the, uh, the American Rescue Plan, you know, those uh, $1,400 payments and the enhanced unemployment benefits and so forth. Yeah. But yeah. Um, now we're going to see the the European ones, which will be up rather than down. So, but that's that's the way the numbers have worked through and this the, year. And the jobless numbers were pretty good as well, weren't they? Last night, the weekly numbers. So, jobless uh, continuing claims is is down uh, from almost two point five million down to two point two million, and the initial jobless claims was down as well. So, all heading in the right direction, uh, albeit like everything else, a bit slower than everyone would like. But look, we've got lots today. We've got consumer confidence in New Zealand first up, Australian retail sales for September uh, mid morning. I mean, these retail numbers, the, the, a bit of history, really, aren't they? Is there? Yeah, I think we, so. Lockdowns, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, can we say anything else about it? Maybe, maybe more important is going to be the, uh, the European data because we're getting CP- the rest of the CPI numbers for October for the European community, uh, and we get GDP numbers for Germany and France. Uh, and uh, while we're talking inflation, the PC deflators for the US as well. So there's quite a Indeed. few important numbers coming out today. Absolutely, about the you know the relative growth story and and uh, and inflation. So always important numbers for markets, Phil. And COP26 uh, kicks off as well. I, I, and the G20 this weekend too. <laughs> it's all on, isn't it? It's not it's a great thing. It's, it's a bad time for COP26 when everyone is, uh, you know, focused on trying to balance their books and reluctant to spend on anything they don't have to. For us to be talking about the climate, which obviously is very important, uh, it's just bad time. Is, is it going to be a good COP or bad COP? That's the question. Uh, <laughs> good <laughs> I, might, I might use that as a headline for Monday. We'll see what we'll Why see not? what it turns out. Why not? Anyway, we'll leave it there for now. Good to have a great weekend. You too, Phil. Cheers. Well, that was a bit of excitement towards the end of the week, wasn't it? Then that's it for this week on the morning call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back on Monday morning. See you then. <laughs>